Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Or actually, more importantly, Ole Miss every day. I'm here with Derek Vandegrift. We're going to get caught up on all things that's been going on in baseball. Um, they're in the middle of the College World Series now, so it's probably a good time for a little check-in. We're also going to talk about Tim Oko just absolutely hitting bombs in the Carolina League. And, um, Derek, how you doing, buddy? Man, doing pretty good. How about you? It's been a while. It, it, pretty good. Yeah, it has been a while. I was waiting on the transfer portal to start percolating a little bit more, and I figure yeah. now that we have four names, we can kind of get into it a little bit. And I'm going to put these four names up on the screen so everybody can see them. Let's kind of, I guess, start at the bottom. Kyler Carmack, a picture from Arkansas State. I yeah. don't know much about him except he has a really good changeup, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I keep hearing about him too. Uh, supposedly one of the better changeups, uh, you know, not not only in the Conference USA with Arkansas State, but but also in the country. Apparently, he's got an incredible changeup. Uh, throws right-handed, of course. You know, we we love our righties. We we can't get too many lefties on that on that roster. Apparently, so uh, bring another righty in though. He's he actually played played really well last year as as a freshman. So he'll come in as a sophomore for us. this coming up year. Uh, but yeah, had a 3.23 ERA, 60 strikeouts, and I think it was just under 68 in, and something like that. Uh, control seemed to be a little bit of an issue for him, which is you know kind of expected from a freshman. So uh, you know, two-way player too, though plays. Uh, he he can hit a little bit. Uh, did, didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to Arkansas State to swing the bat, but uh, you know we'll, we've got so many holes to fill there in the lineup that. That maybe his back can work his way in. He had uh, he, he was six to twenty-four with four walks and two RBIs on the year, so he he didn't hit just a whole lot. But, but yeah, it seems like it's more of an arm thing for for Ole Miss Forrest taking him. So uh, we we need a few more of those, uh, and then we got to start filling out that lineup. Yeah, kind of like you said, the changeup is the pitch there, which you know is kind of odd for Ole Miss. We we're, we're always heavy fastball slider guys, so it'd be nice to get a. A little bit of change of pace guy in there with uh, with Carmack coming there to throw the changeup for us. Yeah, before we move on to the other changeups, how about Austin Simmons coming on? Because I, I've, I've seen people talk about him being up to 97 from the left-hand side. Oh, yeah. But, um, but his dad says he's at 96, so I guess we'll have to make do, I guess. Oh, man, yeah. Well, you know, I guess we'll have to wait for February to get the uh, the, the actual tell the tape on that, won't we get – get a radar gun on him so he's actually right so uh yeah you know that's that's one thing we really need is somebody from the left hand side of the plate that's that's one thing we're really struggling with right now is getting another lefty in there so uh we'll we'll take any lefties we can get and uh you know there's obviously opportunities for them to get in and 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 fill a role immediately for us because uh, that's one thing that we're really lacking is left-handed pitchers yeah, and um, from the left-hand side, Ole Miss has done pretty well historically with power left-handed guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you go back through Pomeranz, Nikhazy, White, Short, one of my favorites nobody ever talks about. Uh, that, that dude was an absolute dog on the mound for us way, way back when. You know, uh, you know, you're probably talking, what, seven, eight years ago since White Short was in Oxford? You know, it doesn't seem that long ago. Uh, you know, and then you got Ryan Rollison, too, so that's – that's one thing we have been able to do. We've had some really good lefties come through. Uh, really excited to get another one in there. Probably need two, three more, something like that, to to really feel good and give a good mix out of that bullpen. 
All right, let's start talking about some field players now. Yeah. Trayson Hughes, he's an outfielder um, from Mercer. What do we know about him? Uh, just a really high contact, high on base guy. Uh, hit three, uh, 374, I think it was, last year as a sophomore at Mercer. Uh, 27 multi-hit games, but he had a 405 on base percentage. That, that, that guy's just always on base. Uh, I think I saw somewhere where he was on base for 56 or 57 straight games, something like that. Uh, really impressive stuff, you know, at, at a lower-level school. But, you know, he'll he'll come in and have his shot in the best conference in the country. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of pop. It was, uh, I think, 11 home runs. Uh Scored 74 runs, which is obviously really big. Got a little bit of speed, nine stolen bases. Plays a, plays a really good outfield, though. Uh, a 997 uh, fielding percentage last year at Mercer. So uh, you're, you're getting a top-flight top defender with a guy that can get on base, makes a lot of contact, doesn't strike out a whole lot, draws his walks. Uh, you know, that's, that's something that we can really use in this lineup. We... We need to find the boppers to go behind him, right? You know, if you get on base, got to have somebody to drive him in. We got a few guys with, uh, you know, uh, Furnace. And then Kramer's a guy that I think is going to have a big year for us there, play, starting in the outfield finally. So uh, really excited to see him at the top of that lineup. I think he'll fit in really well and definitely fills a need for us. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of holes to fill there in the – in the field, both infield and outfield, and up and down that batting lineup that Mike and the guys really have to feel coming into this uh, transfer portal season, recruiting and all that. Yeah, and um, as an as a true outfielder, that's kind of a weird thing for Mike Bianchi. Normally, he take he recruits infielders and turns them into outfielders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just takes all the short shots and then puts uh, then and then just throws them out into the outfield and tells them to figure it out, right? That's that's mm. one thing he's always done. So yeah, yeah, true outfielder. Uh, you know, quite frankly, outside of uh, Ethan Groff this past year, it might be the first true outfielder we've had since Alton Bowsfield or uh, JB Woodman, somebody like that. You know, several years ago, because kind of like you said, that's what we do. We take short shots infielders. Give them an outfielder's love, throw them out there, and say good luck, kid. And and to their credit, it always works out for them. So you can't can't be too upset about it. You know, I make fun of that, but that's kind of what the Detroit Tigers do. Well, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, between he, left and right field, it's always like Zach McKinstry will play there. The next day, he'll be at second. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting for that short to get his outfielder's love and tell him, and they'll tell him to get out there if he keeps hitting, you know, 400 runners in scoring position or whatever it is right like, now. Like two like two games ago, he played center. Yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely yeah. nuts, right? I mean, yeah. but, but, but that's kind of the idea in baseball, though. You know, you get your best athletes, and, and those guys are going to figure it out, especially if you have to put them into the outfield. If they're playing well enough, you know, obviously, obviously if they can run, catch the ball, all that kind of stuff. If they're hitting, they're going to find their way into the lineup. And outfield, outside of center field, you, you don't really have to have a true left field or right field or just put an athlete out there and let him go get it. All right, the next player we want to talk about is J.D. Urso. He's a shortstop mm -hmm. out of the University of Tampa. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss has actually played the University of Tampa in football back in the 50s. That's actually a game that's on the books. I, um, I know that. You, you taught me something. Yes. Um, J.D. Urso is also a coach's kid. His dad is the coach at the University of Tampa. Yeah. And they're a Division II powerhouse, and I have expanded all my knowledge on the University of Tampa. 
Yeah, yeah, I think his dad's won like five national championships down there. They're they're obviously a really, really good program. Uh, J.D. Urso is, is, is a big part of that too, though. Uh, I, I think he's coming in as a junior, which is kind of weird because they, they have three freshman seasons listed for him, one of them being the COVID year, obviously. And then there was a red shirt, even though he played 13 games. Uh, and then his actual freshman season after that, where he played 50-something games, and of course he got on the field and he hadn't left since then. Uh, but really, really good player. Uh, hit, hit 374, 981 OPS. Not a whole lot of pop. Uh, only five home runs, but 25 doubles. So, I mean, he's he puts the bat on the ball. Uh, obviously, a huge jump in competition. Him going from Division two to the SEC. But it, it could possibly fill a need for us because we need a shortstop coming into this year. So, uh, it, it kind of shows you that, that they have a type of what they're looking for to fill in some of these holes. They want these high contact high OBP guys to come in to get on base uh, because they think that they have what it takes with a couple of the returning guys and the big transfer portal get, which I know me and you are about to get to here in just a second at third base. Uh, but but they want guys to be able to get on base ahead of them, and, and this is just another guy that will be able to do that. And he plays a really good shortstop, too. He's uh, I mean, he's, he's not going to win any gold gloves or anything like that, but uh, – I think he was like a 960 fielder for his career in Tampa, something like that at shortstop, so that's not bad. Uh, so, you know, it's obviously feels the need. Hopefully he can make the jump. It's, it's going to be real interesting seeing what he'll be able to do for us next year. Uh, coming into the SEC, see if he can handle the pitching in this conference. Yeah, and, and before we move on to Andrew Fisher, which we're going to move on to Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Fisher, you bring it up. There's a bunch of contact guys that are showing up. And that is kind of in vogue at the moment because of Luis Raz um, with the Florida Marlins just knocking the cover off the ball. And the analytics nerds on Twitter, I get into arguments with them oh, they, over they, this. They lose their mind over Luis Raz because they think he is completely useless as a baseball player, even though he's hitting 400, uh, what, what are we, three months into the season right now, you know. Drives me nuts, man. Uh, I, I understand analytics and, and that numbers say certain things as far as percentages for, for wins and stuff like that. Bottom line, make contact. Good things are going to happen. Get on base. And you put Luis Arias in a lineup like the Atlanta Braves where we actually have people that can drive it out of the ballpark, they'll appreciate a 400 average a lot more to do down in Miami when – you basically have four ace of layer that can drive at 500 feet, but not a whole lot of other guys that's going to get it out of the ballpark for you. Yeah, you're in a situation to where, um, like analytics, it's like, hey, this player is a good baseball player, and it's like nine individuals is how they look at it. They just mm -hmm. take the numbers that way. But the reality of it is, if you look at the nine-person batting order, what he does is guarantee that your power hitters can have somebody on base. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and and they're going to a, come to the plate more often as opposed yeah. to hitting 250 as a lineup. Now you're hitting 300 as a lineup. Mm -hmm. You're going to have more opportunities. I, I just don't understand why people don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's definitely a more old school approach uh, that you know, kind of the younger people in 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 this day and time doesn't really understand. But but no, I'm I'm 100 with you, man. Get give me a guy at the top lineup that's going to get on base ahead of my guys that are going to actually drive in the runs, right? Uh, you know, just 
kind of shift into the Braves real quick, using them as an example. Like they, they're in a unique position where they can use a guy like Ronald Acuna that can get on base at almost a 300 clip as far as batting average goes. Uh, but he also has the ability to drive it 550 feet anytime he wants to on top of that. But he, that that's the power, speed, on base uh, combo that, that anybody would love to have, but hardly anybody does, right? So, uh, but if we had somebody like Luis Riaz that just won't hit 400 ahead of a guy like a team, you slide him down to second. But you want a guy at the top line to get on base as much as possible, turn the line up over, and, and give your guys an opportunity to drive and run. That's, that's what, what these guys are meant to do. Way back when I was in college, you know, back in the Stone Age, um, yeah. I did take coaching baseball with the – he was the head coach of William Carey is where I took that, who was the mm -hmm. teacher. And um, we spent a week on lineup construction. I oh, mean, man, that, that is – Awesome. Yeah, just everything, all the way down to what you're looking for from a leadoff hitter, what you're yeah. looking for from a second hitter. And analytics killed all of that. And good. now with a player like Roz – you can see that it, it's kind of coming back into vogue because he's not, he's either scored or knocked in 65 runs, which uh -huh. is somewhere in the ballpark of about 20% of their total production. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Well, well yeah, but again, if when, when you hit 400 three months mm -hmm. into the season, those kind of numbers are going to accumulate for you too, though, right? Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you don't really have a choice but to accumulate it when you're on base that much. And not only on base – I mean, you, you would love a 400 on base percentage, much less a 400 batting average. Uh, but, you know, he's he has an incredible eye, you know, and, and uh, he, he doesn't swing out of start zone. Gets the benefit of the doubt because of how good he is, though, right? I mean, it's kind of like Tony Gwynn back when he played. Mm -hmm. You didn't get that call right on the black against Tony Gwynn because the umpire automatically thought, like, well, if Tony Gwynn thought it was a ball, then it was definitely a ball. And I, I'm not questioning that guy, you mm -hmm. know. He, He's kind of getting that treatment a little bit right now because of how good and consistent he's been over the last few years. Yeah, and he has unbelievably fast hands. Every time yeah, I watch yeah. him play, it, all of it. I mean, oh my god, it, yeah. it, it 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 is just a throwback, and I'm just glad that he's in the yeah. in baseball in this three factor um, batting age that we're in. He's just fun to watch, and um, to give this an Ole Miss tie-in, um, Nick Fortes is the um, the catcher there. Yeah. And Jacob Gonzalez is predicted to go to the Marlins. Oh, man, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. So let's get to the last person in the transfer um, portal. Andrew yeah. Fisher, third baseman from Duke. I think he's about a 300 batting average guy. Yeah. Um, 11 home runs as a true freshman. Had a really good year. People seem to be excited about this player. Why? Uh, yeah, well... For one reason, I'm real excited about him is that he's going to come in as a sophomore. You know, like like you said, he was a true freshman last year, so it's guy's going to be here more than one year for us. Uh, so, but but yeah, really really good bat. Uh, hit 289, 11 home runs, 999 OPS as a true freshman in the ACC. Uh, plays a really good third base too. What one thing that I see people rave about is his raw power. He's he's got power to all fields. Uh, left center and right uh but but the pull side in particular he's he's a big left-handed at bat that can really drive the ball to right field and and drive it out of the park and i know that's going to be music to the ears of all the students in oxford mississippi out there in right field at swayze when when he finally makes his debut out there uh 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's a guy that can hit the ball a ton, but he's he's not a a dead home run hitter, right? Uh, you know, just kind of think about uh, Kemp Alderman as a true freshman at Ole Miss. You know, he he had trouble getting on the field because he wasn't able to to lay off that slider. I mean, he he was going to chase it every single time. Now that's one thing that Kemp really worked on going into a sophomore, and obviously his junior year last year was incredible. Uh, this guy was has been able to recognize that pitch and and lay off of it uh, as a true freshman in a really really good league. You know, this isn't like Hughes coming from Mercer or Urso from from Division Two Tampa. Uh, this is a guy that played in a Power Five league, a really really good league, and on a really good team. Uh, and a regional. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 gone and went to a super regional, right? Uh, so it's, it's a guy that held on in the power five. He's, he's seen some, some of the better pitchers in the country. And, uh, you know, when, when he comes over to the SEC, it's, it's going to be another jump for him, but, but you're encouraged with the fact that he's going to be able to handle it because of what he's already experienced as a true freshman. All right. Before we get out of here, let's talk about, um, Tim Elko toying with the Carolina league at the moment. I think he's up to. 18 home runs in yeah, a, a ball for I think the Canapolis Cannonballers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, he just really he he needs to at least he may be too good for high A at this point. We yeah. may need to just send him to double A, and mm-hmm. he he's just killing the ball right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's absolutely what they need to do. I I feel like me and you kind of touched on this a little mm-hmm. bit the the last time that we. We ended up doing a podcast. Uh, yeah, you, you need to get him to double A. Uh, Tim's one of those guys that's that's older for, for the low minors anyway because of how long he was at Ole Miss. Uh, really experienced guy, obviously, played a lot of baseball in his day. And there's absolutely nothing left for him to prove down there in low A. You need to get him to double A, let him see some of that pitching. And, uh, you know, he's kind of on the fast track, you would think, to get to the – the majors at some point next year if he gets up to double a and and kind of starts doing the same things that he's doing right now so but but yeah you you need to give him a challenge uh you know kind of like you said i saw your tweet earlier about uh him being one of the creative players on the show and playing on rookie level that's that's kind of what's happening right now with him down there so you you need to challenge him see if he's able to handle himself a little bit there in double A and uh, kind of see what you got and see if he's, you know, close to major league ready. Uh, I know all the Ole Miss fans out there listening to this know that, that Tim's one of those guys that's, he's going to end up making the big leagues and when he gets there, you better watch out because he's going to hit the ball a ton. He always has. Yeah, because right now he's going through that thing where it looks like he's playing baseball, the cricket paddle. He's squaring yeah. up everything. Yeah, yeah, he is. So, but super happy for Tim, obviously, though. You know, he, he went through a lot in his Ole Miss career. A uh, couple years hard. Had, had had trouble getting on the field and then the torn ACL, obviously. And, uh, you know, ended it with the bang, though, with the national championship. Uh, speaking of which, we have a really good national championship series coming up with LSU and Florida. I'm super, super excited to see that here coming up. Uh, and then, uh, but, but yeah, get get the kid to, to double A and let them crush them and then call him up to the big leagues and let him go on to his Hall of Fame career that he's destined to have. Yeah, this video will air probably Sunday night. We're recording this on Friday. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think the biggest winner in the elimination game between Wake and LSU was the Florida Gators. Uh, yeah, you you don't have to face Paul Skeens uh, for, for a chance to win a national championship. Uh, 
Heck of a game, though, between LSU and Wake Forest. That was the best college baseball game that didn't involve Ole Miss I've ever watched. Uh, I was completely locked in. I'm, I'm usually in bed pretty early, and I, I couldn't get off my back porch and get my eyes off that TV. Uh, what was that, Thursday night, I guess it was, when that game play, was played? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but, but really good stuff, and, and super excited to see the National Championship Series, obviously, with those two teams, two really talented teams. Uh, but I, I do like Florida's chances since they're probably not going to have to deal with Paul Skeens. Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, we will continue to be pre-SEC media days on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We have a confirmation from Andy Jaffe that he's going to be interviewing on the show. So um, we will get that done as well. That's a little bit later on during the week. Thank you, Derek, for stopping by today, man. Always good to catch up about Ole Miss baseball. And we still, we're still working on that show for the other channel. That's right. Yeah, we're... We're going to get that going here before long, man. Yeah, we, we, we've, we've started it. Um, we did like a rewatch of 1923 episode one. We put that up there today. So that's pretty fantastic. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, buddy. Hi, Toddy. Hi, Toddy.